Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I am your host, Sean Fry. It is Sunday night. The Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship game. I blasted swag surfing all the way over here through the ice store. Tanner made it into the studio. We're going to get in and out of here in 25 minutes. Get safe. No school on Monday for basically everybody. So let's stay safe out there. Tanner, the athletic trainer. Uh, Tanner Forrest, the athletic trainer for Parsons High School. Uh, I think technically, I think Labette Health signs the paychecks. But uh, welcome back to the show your second appearance how are we doing tanner i'm doing great it's good to be back um always a pleasure <laughs> is it always a I, pleasure to be with me i wish it was under better circumstances better weather out you know my team's still in the playoffs but can't have everything you're a cowboys fan by the way i right? am indeed gosh I'm, i will say the pack you, you 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 ran into a hot packers team the packers are playing man. really well down the stretch the packers looked like the lions did last year down the stretch the I lions think, just didn't squeak into the playoffs i think but, the packers were the better team yesterday and probably should have won that game and I, just didn't make the plays down the stretch to do it i think of all the games that have been impacted by weather you look at the chiefs and dolphins playing in, in you know minus 30 plus wind chill whether you look at the two buffalo games including kansas city that happened on this sunday night that were played in frigid temperatures i think the heavy rain probably had the most impact of any of them non-stop you could see it from brock purdy brock purdy from the get-go started with a glove to try to get yeah. grip and and then ditched the glove because he didn't have grip there and still didn't i mean he missed a lot of passes that i mean brock purdy's usually pretty consistent mm-hmm. um was in the tops of the league in passing percentage and he missed a lot of open receivers really badly mvp candidate leading yeah. mvp candidate for a lot of the season yeah, yeah. and he just missed easy throws mm-hmm. so yeah I, w- I would agree that it definitely was impacted by the weather yeah probably more so than any of those super cold games honestly i don't think either of the buffalo games were too impacted by the cold the chiefs dolphins it's hard to say whether it was surely it was though just because of the extreme temperature it was oh, yeah the extreme, i mean yeah the extreme temperatures like that make it very difficult even i mean i would say that um, it was impacted at Buffalo. Or maybe the result wasn't so much. Yeah. Um, but the game, um, the game plan, um, gets impacted a lot when the weather mm-hmm. is like that. You can't can't do all the things mm-hmm. that you want to do. So that was actually one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show is uh, to get the healthcare perspective of athletes playing in extreme weather conditions, particularly extreme cold. We've seen that with the Chiefs and the Dolphins. It was minus four degrees you know, on the temperature and, you know, the windshield brought it down into the negative 30s. Uh, you know, you don't deal with that a ton in high school sports. You'll see it late into the football season. They'll play in the cold. Obviously, I don't think a high school game would have gone in those conditions. I don't think, I think they would I have I think posted. that they would have probably made made every every effort they could to move that to yeah. a better time, whether it was forward or backward a couple days to try mm-hmm. to avoid that or play in the middle of the afternoon. That's something that the NFL... Um, really doesn't do doesn't have the leisure of doing with all the the TV rights and things that go on but mm-hmm. um, with with um, yeah. high school football not really being on television streamed when you get to the state championship games um, they would easily have been able to play that game at mm-hmm. noon and not had to avoid would have been able to avoid a lot of the wind chill from your from your perspective and expertise of being an athletic trainer and I know you were an athlete in high school as well you you have experience on you know multiple you have multiple aisles you can speak from here how do you deal with playing in cold temperatures i remember i think the coldest game i ever covered at least what felt like the coldest it was kurt freeze's first year first of two years being the head coach at parsons high school football he uh, 2017 if i'm right well before you got here uh they played galena in the round of eight the quarterfinals 
here in Parsons, that game was frigid cold. And I just remember, you know, being, you know, being all bundled up as much as I can, but still just being freezing cold the whole time. But that was still like maybe 10 degrees, not super heavy wind, 10, 15 degrees, not super heavy wind. Uh, you get to like a Chiefs Dolphins game where the, the temperatures are below 30. I mean, you're talking about like a 50 degree difference there. Huge. It's getting super, super extreme. Hearing the National Weather Service provide, you know, guidance for fans on who are going to attend the game. One thing that stuck out to me was wear ski goggles. You don't even want, you don't want any skin showing how do you kind of manage and what's what's your perspective on playing in those cold conditions how do you keep players warm healthy able to perform stuff like that from a player perspective um i can't say that i was around it a bunch i mean early baseball practices in the spring are rough i personally didn't play football so um but as from a cross-country perspective some morning practices when it's really cool out i mean we didn't practice when it was super cold but even 40 degrees breathing gets hard you know when you're running and and being active for that long of a span of time it's hard to expand your lungs and breathing in cold air is is actually painful at times um so you you know it can kind of stop you in your tracks a little bit um and i'm i would say that i've i've dealt with more uh, windy conditions than i have um cold conditions as an athletic trainer um but a lot of the same you know concepts um go into both as far as um, you know, teams are limited to doing so much, and you have to have you know, skin has to be like Sean mentioned, skin has to be covered. Um, you can practice like you, as an athletic trainer in Kansas, you can practice in it. You know, football can practice in it, but you have to have things covered. There's you know requirements that have to be met. Um, a little more loose for games and things, but you know they would move them around. It's it's it is very difficult um, to both play in and be in it, even as an athletic trainer. Yeah. You know, a seven o'clock game that you know finishes at nine thirty. By the end of it, if you don't have hot hands, your hands are are getting to the point where they're you know starting to go numb, and you're you're trying to keep your toes from going numb <laughs> so you can feel them, and it, it gets a bit a bit challenging. But yeah, fortunately and unfortunately for my teams, I haven't been involved yeah. really late into the season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, you know, one, I was listening to the New Heights podcast. Definite, you don't need me to recommend Jason and Travis Kelsey to anybody. I'm not, my, my shout out's not going to have an impact on their viewership, but no. <laughs> well, I'm humble At enough all. to admit no, they have plenty of following. But, you know, great, great podcast to listen to. And one thing Travis Kelsey says, one of his teammates, one of the Chiefs players, they get back to the locker room after the Dolphins game. The guy had had feet warmers on both sides of his feet, but he still lost essentially feeling in his feet just because it was that cold and he takes them off the feet warmers had been rubbing together so much there were huge blisters like just straight up wounds on the guy's foot i mean when you get to those it's i mean that frigid i doubt you you, any of us will ever experience that was the fourth coldest nfl game there's only three other groups in the world that have ever experienced something that frigid that extreme but Dealing with the elements, how much of that actually goes into your training? Is there anything in particular, whether it's rain, whether it's extreme heat? I know you deal a lot with heat in the summertime. Uh, how much of that is kind of part of your training and how much of that affects athletics from a, from a training perspective? Um, I would say heat much more so than cold, but it's definitely something that um, you go over at school, you learn about, and and you hope to never have to use. You hope that you know every day is 75 degrees. You don't have to worry <laughs> well, about I anything. I love basketball, but, baby. Well, yes, basketball is one of my favorite seasons because 
don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, but it's definitely something in Kansas, especially that, you know, you're going to get to see both sides of it at times where, you know, you're going to have days in November, late November, if your teams are still playing, where it's too cold to practice in the morning. You can't do any of that. And if the clouds aren't out, it's going to be a brutal day outside um, in the rain and cold. And then in the summertime, you're going to get both. So it's definitely something that you it's not something you want to have to think about every day, but definitely a crucial piece to um, understand and be able to implement with your coaches. Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, what is the, whether it was an athlete or being, I know you were at Fort Scott Community College for a couple of years. Is there a game that sticks out to you in your lifetime where, whether, where you were just like, it was just miserable out there. Is there any weather experience with athletics that comes to your mind? Nothing terribly, uh, miserably, I wouldn't say. The one that sticks out to me the most, I would say mostly because of the lopsided statistics of the game was a, a game at the end of the season um, in my first year at Fort Scott Community College, um, we had traveled all the way across the state to Garden City, mm-hmm. um, which was a good se- a good team at the time. Yes, um, and it was very windy. The way that their field is oriented and just being out west on the plains, it's mm-hmm. super windy. Um, I believe that they threw for um, like negative three, negative five passing yards, and finished with uh, like over four hundred total yards, all on oh the ground. My gosh. We, we got beat like forty nine to. 15 or something but they stupid threw for minus but they yards. threw for negative yards and finished with at least 350 total yards Gosh. it was just and it was it was brutal to watch and not mm-hmm. a whole lot of fun to be out there when you're from an athletic you know in your experience from an athletic training perspective how are you man if you i'm sure you were watching that chiefs game to a degree thinking how, how are trainers keeping players not necessarily warm, but not cold. Not so cold that they can't function out there. How do you stay functioning when it's that cold out there? Um, a lot of it is is being able to layer and prepare properly, mm-hmm. um, and and you know be wear the right number of socks and in shoes or not shoes necessarily, but you know undershirts and undergarments and things like that. A lot of it is preparation and having the proper things on the sideline ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the NFL has the luxury of big heaters, yeah. and um, you know as soon as somebody comes off the field, there's a coat ready for them, and they have all of the you know hands go into mm-hmm. pockets and into the you know sleeves and things but that um you know rural high schools don't always see yeah um honestly very few high schools at any level regardless of resources probably have what an nfl team's gonna exactly. have yeah but no i think a lot of it you you could say is is probably at least 80 percent preparation and making sure that you're ready for everything mm-hmm. uh let's take a quick break we're gonna talk patrick mahomes's helmet I want to, you know, because that was, okay. that's another interesting uh, thing that happened, uh, you know, in that Chiefs-Dolphins game a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but more War Room when we come back. Tanner Forrest, the Parsons High School athletic trainer, here with me in the studio trying to survive the ice storm. We'll get in and out of here as quickly as you can. I'm Sean Fry. This is KOKC Radio. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Tanner Forrest, the Parsons High School athletic trainer in the building for his second appearance. Always nice when I can get someone in here twice. That means they that means they at least didn't hate it the first time. I did enjoy it the first time. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, we teased um, in the first, you know, coming out of the A block that I wanted to talk about Patrick Mahomes' helmet from that Chiefs-Dolphins game a couple weeks ago. A lot of people 
saw, but if you didn't, he's on a run near the goal line and he makes helmet to helmet contact with a Dolphins defender who was making a tackle. Wasn't flagged for the penalty. I don't think it was a penalty because he didn't launch with his helmet or anything like that. that. That contact happens in football. But a huge chip of Mahomes' helmet came flying off his helmet and he played a play or two with a broken helmet that you could essentially see inside. Uh, and uh, obviously that put... First off, before I, I want to read what Vice has said, but first off, you see, have you dealt with helmet equipment issues at any point as being an athletic trainer, uh, particularly with football? I'm sure, like, I'm sure maybe you were watching that and you were like, oh, he shouldn't be out there. Um, I actually did not watch that game. I That was shortly after, or I, that was right after the I just thought. didn't quite care. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys <laughs> game was, was bigger at the time. And so no, I didn't see it in real time, but looking back, I have not seen anything like that happen before. I mean, you see, I've seen it, you know, on the field and personally, you know, helmets break, face mask comes loose, you lose a screw, you know, you lose a piece here or there and you have to, you know, scramble around and find the right piece to put back. So yeah, you see it pretty frequently, but normally it's, you know, pieces of face masks or, you know, the, the bracket that attaches the face mask to the helmet, but almost never... Almost never the helmet mm-hmm. itself breaking. Yeah. So I'll read the statement that Vices put out. Uh, it, Patrick Mahomes wears a Vices brand helmet. It's one of the newer helmets that has, you know, technology in it. You see, like, you know, almost perforated dots going through, perforated holes going through the, the crown of the helmet. They say it's designed to be more cushiony. It's a softer shell, like, composite material that's designed to take more impact. That's about, congratulations, we just reached the pinnacle of my <laughs> expertise on the matter. But uh, I'll read the statement that Vice has put out. Um, at Vice's athlete safety is our top priority. Extreme conditions like those experienced in Saturday evening's NFL playoff game are bound to test the limits of even the highest performing products. While outer shell damage is not ideal, the Zero Two helmet did its job of protecting Patrick Mahomes during a head-to-head impact in unprecedented cold temperatures. Uh, the multi-layer technology employed in the helmet uh, model utilizes a deformable outer shell uh, absorbs it has an impact absorption layer followed by a stiff inner shell this design approach is similar to a crumple zone of modern cars effectively absorbing and dispersing impact forces at the point of contact this technology which has earned top ratings uh, from the NFL performance test rankings sits atop the Virginia Tech ratings has been adopted by several athletes across the NFL and the NCAA high school and youth football uh, and then it kind of goes on to talk. It's essentially an advertisement at that point. Uh, from what you know about player safety, obviously concussions in football and in all sports. Uh, soccer probably has just as big a concussion problem as football, um, if not more. Uh, I, I, I don't want to make light of concussions. I will say this, though. One thing that made me laugh is a couple years ago, I did a concussion story um, about concussion data in high school sports in Kansas uh, based on data that was released by, Ke- by Keisha of how many concussions were suffered in each activity. Banned had for <laughs> like how, how, did, how, how did we get there <laughs> Could it, your guess is as good as mine like it had more than bowling and bowling even had some <laughs> it's gotta be a, a stray trombone or something yeah. to smack somebody just right but uh in all seriousness obviously equipment in football uh, you know, I'm sure you're at least somewhat versed into how equipment's supposed to work and everything. What's kind of your reaction to what I just read? Uh, obviously, some of those newer model helmets aren't really accessible to Parsons High School and stuff like that. No, a lot of them have some really cool technology in them that we even actually have where you can kind of track, um, you know, the force that's applied and, um, you know, the number of hits taken in the game and things like that that 
that are really accessible. But I mean, as far as, um, you know, he's out there playing this week and wasn't ever put through concussion protocol, I'd say that the helmet did its job. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. under some of the most strenuous tests that you can possibly give it in real life as far as it being, you know, zero degrees with negative 30 wind chill outside and, you know, strong mm-hmm. contact straight to it. I mean, it, it sounds mm-hmm. like it did exactly what it was supposed to do. That was something that I almost kind of, not almost, I learned a little bit when it comes to helmets. And it makes sense is because after the, in real time, so you weren't watching the game, but in real time, Mahomes was like upset when he got back to the sideline and even during trying to get the new replacement helmet on. Uh, he was visibly upset about it. It didn't fit right, which anytime you switch equipment, I will say this, and I'm not, it's not a knock. It's their right. Everybody kind of has their own quirks. Every position, every profession has its own quirks. Athletes are borderline prima donnas when it comes to their equipment. I remember um, a softball game. Shout out Katie Taylor, who's now the assistant at Forrest Scott. She was there when you were there, right? She was, yes. I'll tell you a story about Katie Taylor real quick. Um, she played one season at, here at Labette Community College right. for softball. All-American for, I believe she was a first-team All-American, set the single-season record for stolen bases, was a slapper, stole over 90 bases in one season. Crazy athlete, super fast. Um, but the first game of the region tournament, uh, the umpires uh, disqualified her bat. I think her bat had like a small crack in it or something like that, so the umpires disqualified it. Somebody on her team had the same exact model bat, brand new, sitting in their bag. So same bat, same everything, but it wasn't hers. She goes, oh, her, she, it was the only game her entire career she went over for. And she got walked once, tried to steal second, and just like got caught on the base pass, like trying to wrap, like had the worst game of her life by far. And she she will say to this day it was the bat's fault. She didn't get to use her bat. So that's the example I use of, of athletes being very finicky about their equipment. Uh, and there's a reason for that. They spend all year playing with the same stuff, to, right. to, and it's part of their routine to reach the peak performance. But the helmet that Mahomes puts on, he says it was ice rock cold. That's why he hated it so much. I believe it. How, how much does you know, equipment temp and all that, how much does that affect helmet impact performance from, from what you may or may not know in your perspective? I can't say that I'm particularly well-versed, um, but I know, I mean, if the, all of that stuff has to be ready available on the sidelines, I mean, they're not really thinking about, you know, the temperature and what it's doing to the stuff on the side. They are ensuring that everything that they could possibly need is there on the sideline. So they're going to have that extra helmet for Patrick. It's going to be the exact same helmet. It's going to have <laughs> it the same stickers and everything. It's going to have yeah. everything on it is that the, that the one that he currently wears does. Mm-hmm. It's going to have all of the communication stuff that he has inside and everything. But they just have it in a box ready to go. And it said that he that was what Mahomes said in the post game. It wasn't heated. So see, they're not. How are they supposed to know <laughs> that it was you know that he was going to bust his helmet <laughs> yeah. wide open and needed the new one? I mean, how are how is anybody supposed to prepare for that? All you can do is have it ready. You can have it ready to put on at all times. What do, what is the equipment situation like at Parsons High School? Or and I'm sure that is it's very. I, I say Parsons High School. I'm sure it's very true for most four A, three A on down schools. Players' helmet breaks. How many? How much spare equipment do we have on the sidelines for players like that? Um, so we typically keep. So like if it's shoulder pads or something, typically there's an extra set or two of shoulder pads around. Um, if there's not, you just find somebody that's not in the game and take their shoulder pads. As far as helmets go, um, there's there's our, our coaches do a really good job about bringing um, a full kit of extra things, of extra screws of all sizes, mm-hmm. of extra fittings, you know, backings to the screws to put extra things on. 
Um, I don't. I, I believe they even keep extra an extra face mask or two in their in their kit and extra brackets and things to attach it on with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I've you know all the coaches are busy and I'm doing a whole lot of nothing sometimes, <laughs> which is, I'm all about. Trust me. <laughs> I know um, you're all about so, doing nothing. You know, <laughs> I've I've managed a helmet or two and getting the, everything off and putting it back on, whether it be a chin strap or a face mask or a you know a pad came loose and needs mm-hmm. stuck back in and fitted properly. You know. I've, I've helped out with all that. So I know that the, the coaches at Parsons are all over it all the time. Good deal. Uh, got about two or three minutes left. Uh, looking ahead now. Uh, I, I'm cu- One thing that you and I talk about a lot on the side, and I know you're the, you're the athletic trainer. There's coaches. There's analysts and all that. I'm not, I've been impressed with the Parsons girls basketball team this year, particularly with Anaya Hinman not coming out. We, we, a lot of people on paper, and I think you and I even have this conversation, they're just not going to be the same team this year without their – who was undoubtedly their best player. And they even lost a few other players not coming back. They have developed a very strong identity this year. Braylon Hinman Mitchell playing extremely low. Oscar Patel starting to evolve, at least into a capable point guard, which was their weak point really through the last four or five years. She's capable of bringing the ball at the court and, and getting into their offense when they have to run half-court offense off of a make off the other end. Uh, Sydney Scheibe has developed into a three-level scorer who can get to the rim and draw fouls. She was sitting here in my studio about a week or two ago, and I love what she said because she's right and say what you want. James Harden does it too. She goes, I kind of learned how to draw that foul. I'm not even trying to make it half the time. I'm just trying to get the foul and get to the line. Uh, What's been kind of your take on how Parsons Parsons Vikings girls, eight and three, Lancer Classic Championships, beating in the Odyssey team that had only had a loss or two going into that game. I thought last year when they beat the Odyssey, that was very quietly one of their best wins. They do it again this year. Uh, You watch a lot, most of their home games and a lot of their road. What's kind of been your take on that? I think, um, frankly, they've been quite surprising. I think that I was on the same page as you when mm-hmm. when and I didn't come out, and um, you know, was just curious as to where where it was going to come from. Like, where where were we going to get it from? And and Breland's been or Braylon. I'm sorry, I keep call, I always call her. I have a Breland and a Braylon. So <laughs> Braylon's been very good. She's really kind of stepped into the role that we needed to. And and her and Oshka have taken over. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you said, the point guard position. And Jaden Kendrick too. Yes, Jaden Jaden plays a big role defensively and knocks down some big shots at times. Um, she's not afraid to fire it, and neither is Riley Dunley. And that's kind of the beauty of the team is we're gonna, we you know, we kind of go through Sydney, and Sydney is our main score. Yeah. You look at a piece of paper or, or watch a game, and you see, you know, Sydney is Sydney's where we get a lot of our our yeah. life from. But I mean, we're not afraid to throw it up from anywhere, and and anybody can make you know thirty percent or forty percent at any given time. So it takes a certain confidence too to have the confidence to shoot the ball. Shoot the dang ball, or just or just the lack of you know don't get don't get can't don't can't give a care in the world. Just I'm, I'm gonna shoot this, and if it goes in, we're in great shape. If it doesn't, I'm gonna go play defense, and that's that's what we're gonna go with. Well, hey Tanner, that is gonna do it for the war room this week. Thank you so much for coming in in the conditions. I appreciate it. Uh, we can, the show goes on. We the do, show goes on. That's right. Uh, very happy to be here. Always, uh, you know, my team's still playing. I apologize to the Cowboys. My team will uh, try again next year, like always. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Mike McCarthy should come back? Uh, well, I think he's already coming back. I think that it's a very... Um, Not will he. Do you think he should? Uh, as a fan, what's your gut answer to that? I think he shouldn't as a gut reaction. <laughs> uh, but it's a very Jerry Jones thing that we're going to keep him on until his contract's over. Yeah. He's done it with everybody. Jason Garrett, all the way back to... Yeah. 
you know, you, how far do you want to go back? That he hasn't, he hasn't fired anybody mid-contract. So Yeah, for sure. Here we go. But let's, he, let's but run it back with the same team and see what happens. Yeah. That'll do it for the War Room. I'm your host, John Fry, Tanner Forrest, Parsons High School Athletic Trainer. Thank you for coming in. That'll do it. Everybody stay safe on the icy roads. I, you know, I say this anytime there's con- cold or conditions or it's a pandemic or whatever. Don't take chances. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, and uh, we'll all live better lives for it. Everybody stay safe and God bless.